Hey everybody, it's Jason with 40ish. Thanks again for checking out our humble little podcast, which has now reached 6,000 downloads. That blows my mind. And it's going to be our responsibility and our privilege and pleasure to bring you great content all throughout 2019 and beyond. If you're interested in being a part of our podcast, find us on Twitter at 40ish podcast or an email at podcast 40ish at gmail.com. Now, Let's check out today's episode with Josiah Bildner, voiceover artist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 40-ish. Tonight, we are happy to welcome back, always, because... We signed a contract. Maybe it's a gentleman's agreement. Uh, John, how are you doing this evening? You referred to me as a gentleman, and that's uh, on tape. Well, it's on the copy in front of me, so I got to stick to what I got. Uh, Lance, oh, please, you can't read. No, it's it's Braille. It's it's interpretive dance. <laughs> Lance, how are you doing this evening? It's I'm here. I'm still breathing, so good. Well, that's good. It's always a beneficial thing to be breathing under, under your own power, or is it assisted? No, it's it's under my own power. Yeah, it, it makes it a little easier to talk too, especially on a podcast. Now I use one of those voice modulators. I just type all the stuff in. Hey, hey, Lance. <laughs> I just have to quietly and quickly anticipate what I assume John's going to say and go from yeah, there. Please, you can't even do that in real time. I can't. <laughs> it's a thing. It's something I'm working on. I'm seeing somebody about it. So right. There you go. Uh, so we are uh, happy to uh, welcome in a guest tonight on the podcast. Uh, this gentleman uh, I met as a, a co-worker of my wife's, but uh, became very interested in his, what I'm going to say is his side gig. We'll find out for sure if it is or isn't the side gig, uh, but we're happy to welcome in a voiceover artist, Josiah Bildner to the podcast. Josiah, thanks for joining us. Hi, glad to be here. Cool, cool, cool. Happy to have you. Uh, so before we get too deep into the questions and the probing and the... Well, that just sounded wrong. <sighs> Why don't you. you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Who I am. I am Josiah Bildner, as I already mentioned. I uh, I am a voiceover artist, and uh, at the moment, it is still just a part-time gig, I am a speech pathologist by day and voiceover artist by night. Um, I also do some acting in local theater to keep my acting chops up. Um, yeah, I think that's me in a nutshell. So, What was the last thing you acted in? Uh, I just did uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang uh, at the Civic. Were you the Chitty or the <laughs> Chitty? Yeah. I was no, I was the bang. No, the yeah. bang. Nice. Uh, I. And that's uh, the end of our show. Thanks for joining yeah, us, everybody. Right. Appreciate <laughs> that. Get the get the sensors ready. Oh, um, yeah. I I played the part of the mechanic, and I was also uh, uh, part of the ensemble. So I uh, sang and danced and put a little seltzer in my pants. And no, just kidding. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so that was my last performance. I'm getting ready for a Valentine's cabaret with a local um, community theater. We're, we're going to do some love songs for if anybody wants to come 
come uh, have a have a date night. I think it's the fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna. I was just saying. Uh, so Josiah. So John is a a, a musician and has nice. played in mm-hmm. in numerous local shows. Uh, Civic is just one of the places he's played at. So it makes me wonder if at some point uh, you guys were in the same show. I mean, it's probably yeah. happened. I mean, I mean, John. I don't think you played Civic much last year, but all the years leading up to it, you were there. What once, twice, three times a season? At maybe? least, and there were a couple of seasons that I was there for every single musical. So, right. Wow. And I'm sorry. Did you say what? What uh, instrument do you play? Bass. Bass. Nice. Hmm. Um. Uh. No. Uh, last year was I. My first show actually at the Civic was Rock of Ages. Oh, okay. Which was pretty much exactly a year ago so um i don't even but, think i've ever even been inside the civic well that was in the uh carver center correct yes it was yep. yeah so i mean that's the little that's the little black box across the street jason yeah what was the last show i saw with you in it john where it was a performance i think it was when they did you guys did um, it was probably evil dead at whole yes. art downtown yes that's the how long ago was that Evil Dead. Well, <clears throat> that, at least eight years. Because Brian was at that performance. Brian came down. Yep. And that wow. show, they ran it for seven weekends. That thing would never die. Holy cow. Yeah, you weekends? kept telling us. You're like, oh, yep. yeah. Every time we wanted to do something, John's like, no, nah, no, we're getting held over. No, no, still <laughs> getting held over. In fact, they held it over two weekends in a row early and then had to, I don't know if you went on one weekend agreements after that or if they were like listen just live here we'll tell you when we're done that was basically <laughs> it i think it was they got it to halloween and then it was one of those things too because at that point we figured the um the theater wasn't doing that hot for money so when i picked up the check that morning like that monday morning i drove it right to the bank that it was uh drawn from and, and cashed it just in case make sure it didn't bounce exactly there you go. Hey, if, if it does bounce, at least mine didn't. Right. Right. <laughs> wow, that's cool. So, Josiah, let's let's start from the beginning. Um, I know you have some background in in broadcast journalism, both in TV relation and radio. What got you into uh, the world of voiceover? Well, um, yeah, I um, if, if we're gonna go way way back. Uh, I, uh, I, I was in theater all my life, um, community theater and, and things of that sort. And, um, I actually started off as a theater major at the university of Northern Iowa. And, um, then I changed that for a real lucrative, uh, major in art history. Yeah. 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 Then when I graduated with this lucrative art history degree, I'm like, uh, I need a job. And a friend of mine in the photography department said, hey, I work for the local news station. Uh, I was in Waterloo, Iowa. So it was KWWL Channel 7. And they, she said that they um, needed uh, production staff to run cameras and stuff. And I was like, oh, I've never done that. And she's like, oh, they'll train you. So... Went in and I learned camera and uh, then uh, learned audio and uh, graphics, what they call Chiron. And um, 
all of it. And by the end, I was directing the morning news. So uh, it was a lot of fun, but the morning shift sucks. Four in the, I had to get up at four in the morning to get to this TV station. And so I was like, you know, I want something where I don't have to wake up at the butt crack of dawn. And um, so... I remember that those days in radio when it was the early morning show uh, wasn't I don't know if it was worse than doing like the 11 o'clock local news where you had to do the floor running and the because I did that in Lansing where it ran the all um, oh, the prompters and ran the 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 cameras and in the control room. And it's like, God, it never ended. You never got normal sleep. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, the The news department ran the teleprompter when I did it, but yeah, that was crazy. And I and I did I did do um, some radio. I had a, a friend who hooked me up with radio. It wasn't anything exciting. Just uh, it was all like pre programmed stuff. But um, but and and I also had a band. I had a, a so I did some recording. So I was used to um, playing with uh, you know mixing and and editing in that regard mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, came up here to Michigan and um, went back to school for speech pathology and became a speech pathologist. And I, I wanted to get back to those acting roots. And actually, we had a speech pathology um, Christmas like get together, and I was talking with one of the um, speech therapists about acting, and she's like, "Oh, hey, you know." I'm on the board at the civic. If you ever want to do a production at the civic. And I was like, Oh, I, don't, I didn't, at the time I didn't know if I was ready for that big of a commitment. Mm-hmm. And I said, I've actually been looking into uh, voiceover and she's like, well, my, um, my computer guy at school, he does voiceover on the side. So she hooked me up with him, a uh, real super great guy in the area named Anthony Gettig has created mm-hmm. quite a business for himself with voiceover. And, and he was, he was really good. Um, hooked me up with um, a lot of um, coaches and things like that. Um, really good guy out of Chicago, Bill DeWeese. Um, yep. It's a great voiceover coach. Um, and yeah, just that sort of got the ball rolling for me. And it's um, it's kind of a marriage of all my worlds because you know I do the the recording, the editing. Um, and get to do some acting too with, um, like audiobooks and things like that. So it's, it's a lot oh, of yeah. fun. Yeah. I was actually just thinking of Anthony getting, cause I was just talking with these guys before we started and I was hopping on, um, LinkedIn just to do some quick research, uh, and notice that that group that was so hard to get into hasn't been active in like a year, year and a half. Uh, at least from the LinkedIn perspective, I don't know if you guys still meet up or connect or. Yeah, I, I no, I don't know. I've been sort of out of the loop with that. Um, yeah, I don't know if they everyone just sort of just wasn't kind of going anywhere, and everyone just got busy with everything they were doing. Sure, sure. But but yeah, yeah, we did. We had a group, and I think we actually call ourselves something the Kalamazoo Voiceover. I don't know. <laughs> Super we, group. Oh, yes, sorry. that's right. Super voices, super voices to save the day, but um, we get together and talk about coaching and marketing, and um, a lot of it is marketing 
you know, sure. uh, from a business perspective. And um, so, yeah, no, that, that, that was a, the, the whole group was really good. Cause we, you know, um, Anthony uh, was sort of running it at the time, but uh, everybody, you know, had really good, valuable information to um, share. Cool. So here, um, with voiceover, uh, I, I kind of want to talk a little bit about it because it's something I've been interested in for a couple of years. I know Lance mm-hmm. has actually have some interest in it as well. Um, I've had lots of opportunity to do voiceover in my current job. <clears throat> I do it. Mm-hmm. And then I think my love of hearing my own voice, shut up, Moody, uh, <laughs> led to the podcast. Uh, so, you know, I can hear myself now 48 episodes deep. So yay for me or whatever. Um, here's a question I've got. When you uh, take a voiceover job, do you have a home studio set up or do you have an office that you go to or do you rent studio time? How how do you go about creating spots uh, for your clientele? Yeah, good question. I I have my own home studio. Um, it's in my basement. Uh, you know, with modern technology, there's so much you can do. I have a studio mic that I actually bought from Anthony Gettig. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have a, I'm not, I'm not a big tech guy, but I sort of said it and forget it as they say. Um, but I, my chain is, uh, I don't know, you know, there's, there's a, it, it, a couple things to power it. Um, and then it goes right into the computer. Um, I have not sound, uh, proof but sound dampening um material that uh bought from dan leonard um has a podcast they have a podcast or not a podcast they actually have a vlog with video i don't know what you'd call that a a video cast blog Uh, i think they call it video (laughs) (laughs) uh east west audio body shop i think they call themselves but um he sells this dampening material and uh shows you how to set it up with pvc piping make your own mm-hmm. sort of frame to encapsulate it um and you just drape it over tie it up um he calls it studio suit suit studio suite suit i can't remember if it's sweet or suit anyway so I, you know, it helps to deaden the sound, and uh, I use uh, Audacity to mm-hmm. um, record onto and edit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing so wrong many. with Audacity. Yeah, yeah, it's a free program. So, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, we actually talk about uh, different softwares and different tools a lot for our own purposes for the podcast. So that's always interesting sure. to hear what other. But other voice people. Jason never takes any it. advice on it. He just listens to the stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I have edited in Audacity and Camtasia and GarageBand. Uh, I pulled Audition down. Um, I've played with a lot of different tools. I definitely have. And and John has, I don't think Lance has seen, but John has seen my studio set up here at my home office. So it's nothing fancy, but I do have dampening materials and do all that sort of thing. High quality mic is a big deal. So that's, that's cool. Right. So, uh, what was your first spot? Do you remember what your first spot was and, and, and how it came about? Hmm. 
Let's see. We were perusing uh, your 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 voiceover <laughs> samples on your on your website, and yeah. uh, living living in some of those uh, those existing uh, clips that you had, and it kind of made me wonder, well, what was the first one? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Um, I think my first uh, paid gig was uh, uh, audiobook. Um, I've done a lot of audiobooks, um, which aren't usually the highest paying <laughs> and long commercial. time taking. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, uh, and I, I'm, I, I don't do a lot of commercial work, uh, but my first audiobook was, oh gosh, now I can't think of it. It was, it was actually uh, a book by a, oh, it was called Hooked. That's what it was, Hooked. It was by a, uh, guy it was it was his biography he's a guy out of florida that had his own like fishing program and (laughs) talked about his um his life really that how he got into having this fishing show and so that was my first real gig i guess i'd say um but yeah is there a preference now? I mean, so you've done audiobooks, you've done some commercial work. Is there a, a favorite style of voiceover that you prefer to do? Or is it more where they present you with the the content that they want? Or is it more of a they give you the general bullet points and let you be creative with it? Where do you where does that lie for you? Um, I really enjoy audiobooks because I, I get to really tap into my theater side and you know, a lot of audiobooks. There's, especially when it's character driven. You know, I, I enjoy using different voices and accents and things like that, and getting into the, um, like suspense books are, are fun because the your your voice can ramp up um, with to to build the suspense and that kind of thing. Um, but. Uh, I have one recurring client who does poli sci stuff, and that's something that's always kind of interested me, uh, political kind of um, history and that kind of thing. So those are the two things I really enjoy doing. Um, I have gotten into, uh, as far as where to go, I didn't really delve into that, but as where, where to get a start, um, for audiobooks, I predominantly use ACX um, and uh, Find Away Voices are my two biggest audiobook client. I don't know uh, interfaces, whatever you call it. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, about a couple of years ago, I started. I've I found this program through Bill Deweese. Um, it's put on by uh, Lance Tamashiro, and it's talking about marketing yourself on Fiverr, mm-hmm. and that's been pretty lucrative for me. Um, again, those are more commercial-driven type um, spots. Um, oh, and then I, I've I've done the play to pl- uh, pay to play. There's quite a few pay-to-play um, programs, mm-hmm. um, and uh, those 
I actually my my poli sci client that I have it's a really good reoccurring client I I found through um a pay to play site but uh um there's a voices.com and voice123 are the mm-hmm. big ones um I've had better luck with voice123 than voices.com but but those are like cal calls oh so yeah it's, yeah it's really I definitely notice where if you don't pay a certain tier uh, mm-hmm. you don't, you, 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 you miss before it's even posted. You're, you're just out of the running automatically. I actually had this long talk with John about this probably what, two years ago, John, maybe two or three years ago, maybe. uh, where I wanted to dabble in voiceover and, uh, and I was quickly hey, learned and don't. was told that's not something you dabble in. You either do it or you don't do it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, it's tough because. And and I'm I'm glad that you have success with this, and and I'm sure John can speak to this from the you know you know music performance side and graphic art side where uh, it, it's not like you're gonna get success right overnight. I mean, you've been doing this for how many no. years now? I mean, 10, 11, 12 years, oh. however long. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what Gosh. I mean, what is a reasonable expectation? I mean, I'm thinking even for Lance, if Lance is still thinking about getting into this, what's a reasonable expectation? for length of time it may take to score your first um, gig, whether it being paying or not for that matter. Hmm. That's I mean, a I, good question. I mean, yeah. I can do for work, right. which is just right. fine. I think I can keep my chops up. Uh, you do enough teaching, you do enough webinars, you do enough opportunity to speak publicly or, or recording, voicing, over different things or even something like a podcast where you have the opportunity to work on meter and timing and, and yeah. just presentation, but to yeah. do it on your own, it's a, it felt daunting and I probably didn't give it enough of a chance. So I'm wondering at what point do you, even as an established voiceover artist, how long is too long to wait between gigs? How long, I mean, what, what is a typical, you know, experience like for you? Hmm. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely not like I can't do it full time. Um, uh, coaching helps a lot. You know, if you get a good coach, um, that's huge. Um, and like I say, I, I recommend Bill DeWeese. I did do some character coaching through a group out of LA um, called uh, GVAA, the, I can't remember what the, I always forget what the, it's like Global Voice Acting Academy, but really group, good group out there. And, and they, they've had a lot of the, the, the coaches um, uh, do voice video games and they, um, so, so coaching is, you know, number one as if you can, it, it, and it costs money, of course. Right. Um, it's not cheap. Um, but uh <clears throat> Um, and a lot of it is marketing. There's a lot of marketing involved. Um, uh, as far as that goes, um, right now, uh, I, I've had a lot of success with Fiverr. Um, I get, they're not high paying gigs, of course, but, uh, um, every little bit helps. Um, and, and it's, you know, every, every time you, you, you do a voiceover project, it's always, 
you know, you're always improving your skills, you know. Right. Um, uh, right now, I'd say I get on average two or three jobs a month. Uh, and like I say, audiobooks take a lot of time. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but I I enjoy that. And the nice thing about audiobooks is um, it's not as competitive. Um, you could you can go on ACX and um, if you do a uh, th- there's tons of books that are royalty only. Um, there's there's two types if you're interested in audiobooks is there's two types of ways to go. Um, royalty share with where the the author and the rights holder, whoever split the sh- split the royalties with you, um, you get a very small portion. Um, and those usually aren't as lucrative, but they're easier to get into mm-hmm. um, versus uh, uh, per finished hour. So if, if a book takes uh, six hours to listen to from start to finish, and that's not including editing time, and, right? Because that that that's on top of that, but um. You and say you get a hundred dollars per finished hour, so six hours would be six hundred bucks. Um, so th- those are those are harder to get to, but um, but yeah, so there's a couple options there. But so yeah, I mean, like with audiobooks, if if that interests you, you can you can almost really, if you're not too picky, if you look for a royalty share book that kind of suits your voice, you could probably get a gig right away. It seems like um, too that would be the way to go, especially when you're trying to start building a portfolio. You could do that with a legitimate job, build a right. portfolio and and at the same time make a little bit of money starting it up instead of just doing yeah. stuff strictly, you know, for free or just for spec. Yeah. Yeah. And um uh Anthony Gettig uh, would always talk about, you know, um, that, uh, you know, uh, I can't think think how he said it, but it was a really good way of saying it. Basically, um, learning as you go, kind of, you know, Mm on-the-job training kind of thing. Right. He said it better than that, though. Um, But, yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of opportunities out there. Um, oh, the other thing I didn't mention was your demo. Um, nowadays, the most important thing to have is a, is a good website with good demos. And um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out a better website platform for myself. Um, but um, but yeah, the, the demos are sort of like your resume. Mm-hmm. Right. So anytime you uh, apply for any big gig um, people are going to go to your or want going to want to hear your demos. So I was wondering Moody for you. Mm-hmm. I know John, you have an extensive website that lists everything right. that you've done. Yep. Um, when it comes to music performance, I mean, are you doing the same sort of thing? I mean, even under experience, you have everything listed there, but I don't know if you have, no, you got links, to all kinds of music. Yep. Um, Nothing that has like an embedded player. Holy crap! You've done a lot of shows. I forgot about a lot of these. Mm-hmm. And all the Farmers Alley stuff. That's right. Yep, it's a lot of great shows. Uh, I just kind of wondered what that looks like for for an artist in general. So, uh, 
like uh, models or aspiring models have a, a lookbook, so to speak. Right. Um, artists, musicians have, you know, live gigs that they perform and, and recordings. Uh, voiceover artists, I, I notice for yours, Josiah, there's a lot of different styles, right? There's some that are a little more dark and brooding, some that are light and bouncy, some that are more professional, some that are more conversational. Uh, mm-hmm. But largely, it is your voice. Like I listen to a spot and I'm like, yeah, that's Josiah. It's, not, it's discernible to someone who's heard uh, what I would describe as your regular speaking voice. Uh, that being said, how how often do you tweak your voice? I, I'm also saying this for myself and for Lance and Lance is listening. And uh, Lance has mm-hmm. a very distinctive voice and I'm wondering how often it's called upon. Yeah, right. <laughs> you heard what I said. Uh, how often it's called upon for you decided to, to change up your voice. I mean, I know when you're making uh, choices to do characters, it's one thing, but when you're doing um, a spot that's going to be national and they want somebody that's got that down home feel, how often are you asked to expand those chops and actually change your voice? Yeah. Um, not very often. I mean, if they choose your voice, they choose it because they want the way you sound, you know, I'm, if they want someone with a Sam Elliott voice, then they're going to find someone with a Sam Elliott voice. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it's I might. And then that's another good thing to, to sort of know where your voice falls in. Mm-hmm. Um, my voice is um, uh, more like, especially for audiobooks, um, I, I put it as um, uh, 20-ish uh even teen um so i you know hey. that, that's sort of where my vocal quality even though i'm i'm not i'm i am 40 ish yeah. <laughs> yay yeah right there you go um but but that's where my the the timber and the vocal quality of my voice falls is you know when for a spot so i'll get um things i, I get a lot of um as far as commercial, like I say, I don't do a lot of commercial, but the commercial stuff I do get is more um, tech. So I think, you know, that's probably why, because I have that sort of young. Excuse younger. Right. Yep. Teen, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 20-ish something sounding voice. I don't think I could get away with that. No. I don't. <clears throat> I always wonder. No, I, thanks. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, I always wonder about that, too, because when you go to those uh those sites, a lot of them that you've mentioned, and they're asking you to describe your voice. Uh, I kind of look at it as like reading your own term paper. You know what you meant to say, but it's way better for someone to give you their outside opinion. So how did you determine or how would you determine for someone else where you think their voice registers in the um, the lingo of the business? Like, hmm. Like, is it more authoritative? Is it more I got whiny? One yours, Jason. Shit. <laughs> All right, John, what, what, <clears throat> describe my voice in terms of someone looking to book me? The kind of voice that you're looking for to announce a monster truck or rally or the local 4 H contest. Or a 4 H truck was like coming at you Sundays. Yeah. Where we crack um, the reverb and echo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, you can bring your seat, but you're only gonna need the edge. 
I mean, that's, that's right. old school eighties. Thanks, Sean. Right. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. And, um, for commercial work, they, they, uh, it is more conversational. They, they want the, the announcer Sunday, 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 that kind of voice is that, um, they they don't look for that anymore right um uh let's see how did this how do you figure out your voice that's a good question um i you know i think it's not so much for you to decide as the client i mean once they hear you it's like either they like you or they don't yeah um um but uh you know, using some of those buzzwords like um, conversational, um, voice next door. Sometimes I've seen on like uh, voices.com or voice123, they'll put, uh, um, they'll compare, you know, say sort of a John Krasinski voice or, uh, um, you know, what it, if, if there's someone that, that uh, your voice is similar to, they might be looking for. <laughs> Right, that yeah. that style of delivery, like voice next door. What if I live next door to a serial killer? Right, you're like, what if they got a good <laughs> voice? That's right. Oh man, so dangerous. Je- Jeffrey Dahmer voice. <laughs> I want the voice that initially draws you in and makes you feel comfortable, and then scares the ever loving hell out of you. There you well, go. it's right. it's interesting too because you know, like Jason said, I, you know, I feel like I've got a distinct voice, and I've got a. And louder, you know, not, a, but yeah, I'd say a louder voice, more of a, more of a stronger voice. And I work in an office building and, you know, there's so many people that, that you know, I, I work with next, next to another guy that has a you know, booming voice like mine. And they were like, you know, the two of you guys, when they're, when you're standing up at your desks, you know, cause we have stand up desks and, you know, when you guys are standing up at your desk, it's mm. like you, you you can hear you guys across the floor and, you know, the building just because our voices uh-huh. carry. But me, I was, you know, I, I, I was I've been in theater since I was in middle school. And so I've, you know, like you, you were saying you were, you were going through your training, your um, theater and, and whatnot. But I've, you know, I've learned to and yet most of my theater training has all been in the backstage area. But. You know, I've, I've learned, you know, just, um, uh-huh. you know, I've learned that my, my voice is, you know, is just, you know, you speak to the back of the room, you speak to the, uh, the back wall of the building and, you know, that's where you, you know, that's how you, yep. that's how you can become a, uh, a good actor is, you know, with that, with a voice that carries like that and with a voice that's powerful like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's important for stage work. Um, with voiceover, they actually right want you to kind of tone that down um, because uh, the mic you let the microphone right. do all the, that kind right. of work for you. Um, but yeah, definitely um, articulation and. Being able to be understood, yeah, and, and having, having power, not necessarily, <laughs> oh. not necessarily volume wise, but you know, just having power behind your voice that you can, yeah. like you just said, articulate. You can enunciate your words correctly, and you know, and use that without people wondering what did you say because 
I, I used to be on the phone all the time, all day long. And people would be like, you know, we like talking to you on the phone, Lance, because we can hear you. We can understand you. We can, you, you, you know, <laughs> you have a way of speaking that can really be understood. Lance, that that's the kind way of them telling you to shut the hell up. No, it's, <laughs> I mean, no, they didn't. They didn't make it. They didn't mince words. They just said, "Tell, tell me, shut the hell up." <laughs> yeah, it's like stop sugarcoating it. We're not. Shut we're up, not Lance. sugarcoating it. Um, <laughs> so before I get into what I I think is going to be our last topic, I, I want you. I'm going to ask you, like a trained monkey, just I had to do something for me. I found the quote <laughs> I wanted uh, in the chat. I'd just love for you to give me that read. I'd love to hear your monster truck rally voice say your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge <laughs> in a monster truck voice. Yeah. The monster truck rally voice. Like oh, okay. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Okay. Gravelly. Like I just chewed on uh, yeah. a whole cigar, drink four gallons of booze. Man, that sounds like <laughs> we'd be right. going back to Decatur for the monster truck rally there. <laughs> Oh yeah, no let's let's have Josiah take it more to like the Kalamazoo County Fairgrounds. <laughs> uh, okay, your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Oh, nicely done, nicely done. There you go. A little mysterious. Yeah, um, the, yeah, um, yeah. It's intriguing. Some of the so, that 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 reminded me of something um, that one of the one of my coaches had said in the past is. Um, especially for commercial, they to to uh have the intonation go down on the end of your words, hmm. um, so that it, something about if your voice goes up, it it doesn't sound as confident. Your ticket pays for the whole seat, <laughs> but you only like need the edge. You, yeah, but if you if your intonation goes down. And, and, and you'll hear it when you hear commercial stuff, you know, your ticket pays for the whole seat has some sort of it, 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 it exudes confidence. This is CNN. Yes, this there you is, go. Right. Exactly. Right. This is CNN. This is where the Interabang comes into play. I, I forget how to actually type it on a Windows keyboard, but the Interabang, I think, put your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Anyway, I was going to say that sounds thing. like the worst sort of interrogation ever. <laughs> well, well, you know what an Interabang is, right? <laughs> no. And an Interabang is a combination uh, question mark exclamation point it's they're built together oh okay it's where it's where you're saying stuff with authority but you're questioning it like john you're the greatest artist i've ever seen he 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 see yeah it's kind of where you're 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 you get right up to the edge and you back off then you bring it then you back off again so uh i agree lance wants us all to read that that statement we'll do that at the end but i got one more question for you josiah as we're coming up to the end of the episode and uh sure i'm not sure if you can speak to it or not but uh uh, i think we could talk about it in general terms um you talk about intonation you talk about timber of the voice and where your voice lives in these different registers uh, what do you do in terms, uh, especially as a speech pathologist, speech language pathologist, mm-hmm. uh, can you talk to us a little bit about vocal hygiene and, and, oh. and keeping your throat going and being able to, as an artist, maintain that, especially over a long audiobook read? I feel right. like my voice would be all over the place without having to focus on exactly what the same 
you know, staying in the same range. But can we, can you talk to us a little bit about vocal hygiene? Yeah. Um, vo- so vocal hygiene is drinking water, using the diaphragm to breathe with, um, you know, those kinds of things. Um, uh, yeah, just, you know, staying hydrated is important. Um, and it depends on the, on the person. Um, one of my vocal coaches said, you know, you know, what does it for me? Coffee. Nice. <laughs> really? That that's, that's, you know, I, I don't just straight up coffee and, uh, that, that, that keeps me hydrated. Um, another trick was that, that between, uh, gigs, he would chew gum hmm. to keep that, um, saliva, uh-huh. uh, going in the mouth. Um, so uh, yeah, there's that, uh, as far as audiobooks, um, and I, and I think you're, you're referring to keeping the same, uh, sound in your voice from section to section. Right. Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, we've all had monotone instructors over our time and, you know, I, right. I hate to be reading this clip and then the next one I'm up a little bit here and then I drop down a little bit. If I'm not doing actual voices of characters, I want to I don't want to be all over the place. So when someone's listening mm-hmm. to the audiobook, they're like, geez, what was this guy on when he was recording this? <laughs> um, and a big part of that is where you where you're at, where you position yourself from the microphone. Mm-hmm. So you always, you know. I have a, a certain place where I sit and I'm always right there so that my voice is always the same. And there are subtle things is going back to commercial. If you want a more, excuse me, intimate read, you just get up close to the microphone and you whisper. Yeah. I do that. And John gets really annoyed because, uh, I tend to spike the, uh, the audio wave. Well, I mean, we're looking at it right now. I know I'm doing it yeah. intentionally because if I start speaking at a normal voice volume, I have to pull the mic back for my normal podcasting position, which is right about here. Yeah. Yay me. Which is um, depending on the spot, but like, you know, if you're doing like Jared's diamonds or something, you know, get her that special thing, you know, whatever. Right. Has, has that, that uh, quality about it. Um. I don't know. Did that answer your question? It, it did. It, and I, 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 I assumed it had a lot to do with, uh, you know, so all the three of us, uh, John, Lance and I, in, in some stage of our life, some more than others, uh, we're musicians uh, and trying to keep your chops up. Uh, Lance mm-hmm. and I probably left behind our instruments a long time ago. There's no probably about it. You did. Yeah. And I mean... <laughs> I mean, the last time John played his bass was probably within the last two hours, as my guess. Just no, I had guessing. the kids tonight, so it's probably closer to three. Yeah, well, there you go, there you <laughs> go. So yeah, just having a sense of even even if you're getting ready to go uh, speak in front of people, or you know, like in my line of work, a lot of webinars or teaching, or uh, Lance is leading a group, or John's going to be. Uh, on a show floor here in about a week or so where he's going to be basically talking nonstop and it's going to be dry air and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. so just basically, mm-hmm. basically keeping hydrated uh, everything mm-hmm. from gum to throat lozenges to water, mm-hmm. 
not so much the bourbon, although the bourbon is fun. Um, <laughs> it is a liquid. We're going to go with liquid. So Yeah, my voice travels from just regular to uh, Tom Waits to Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Awesome. That is that is, awesome. that is scary accurate, John. And it, some, scary sometimes, accurate. depending if it's a slow day, it might stop at Brian Johnson first. <laughs> I was just listening to ACDC earlier. There you go. Well done. Nicely. <laughs> well, so uh, I want to thank you, Josiah, for taking the time to be with us on this episode of yeah, 40-ish. No and uh, I thanks to John and Lance, as always. And today, uh, before we sign off, I uh, definitely want to remind everybody that you can follow us and be a part of the, the craziness that is this podcast. If you're on Twitter, follow us at 40-ish podcast. That's 40 ish podcast uh if you or you know someone who might be an interesting guest uh, on the podcast we'd love for you to reach out you can reach us via email at podcast 40 ish at gmail.com or you can find myself lance john on most social media primarily though uh we're big on the facebook we're big on twitter we're big in linkedin the so, facebook is that like the walmart the, the old version of facebook it's the 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 facebook it's the facebook, the facebook. It's like the Twitter. I was on the Twitter today and I learned stuffs. It was goods. So, uh, so once again, I want to say thanks. Thanks, Josiah. And before we go, you bet. Uh, uh, we're all going to do one read of that line. So the order is going to be, you know, it's going to be your ticket pace of the whole seat, but you only need the edge. We're going to have Josiah read it again. We'll go to Moody. We'll go to Lance and I'll wrap it up and we'll call it. Yes. Episode. Everybody game. Sure. All right, Josiah. Take two. All right. I'll take take two. This time I'll put a little smile on my voice. There you go. There you go. Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Well done. All right. Nicely done. Nice. John, John, you're up. Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you only need the edge. Nice. That's a uh, WSYM Fox 47 uh, Friday night movie. (laughs) I was trying to throw a little bit uh, Saturday afternoon wrestling in there. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Lance. Ramped up to it. Lance, you're up. Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. The way you said whole makes it sound like that seat's gigantic. (laughs) You you don't get just parts of it. You get the whole. I can curl up in the seat Lance is selling me. (laughs) (laughs) So, my thanks to John, my thanks to Lance, my thanks to Josiah. And to wrap this up, Your ticket pays for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Thanks for joining us on 40-ish. If I don't talk to you before, I'll catch you in the next one. On Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday. Tuesday, not Tuesday, not Tuesday, not Tuesday. What what was the joke? I'm sitting at home on my couch in my underwear. I don't need stuff coming at me. It's coming at you Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Nice. I don't need shit flying at me. I don't need stuff coming at me. Nice. (laughs) 